Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Jill, good morning. How are you? I'm well. I like hearing the weather, especially when it's good weather. It's yes. like me coming on when the stock market makes new highs. You like me more than when I have to tell you things I, look bad. I don't know where you, where are you in the world? Are you in New York? I don't even know. New York know. City. Yeah. It's, the center we, of the universe, as we like to tell ourselves. <laughs> well, we had a beautiful weekend up here in Connecticut, so I'm sure the weather was pretty good yes. in New York City as well. Uh, listen, uh, the jobs numbers were out on Friday. I guess, you know, the first question, just, you know, before we get into sort of, I have just a lot of questions about recession type stuff but okay what what's inside the numbers what what popped for you well you know 263,000 is a solid number it's less than what we've seen for the monthly average of this year so we've seen about 420,000 jobs per month this year and so 263 you see lower than 420 means we're trending lower and that's as expected as the economy starts to kind of normalize after the pandemic. So, I mean, what I saw in this report was nothing that was very worrying, but there are some real yellow warning signals. Okay. And I, I think that there's a couple things to remember. Number one, before this report came out, we had one out that was about the job opening numbers. And there are now fewer job openings than there were at the height of the summer. And that doesn't mean the world's coming to an end, but we saw the largest one-month drop since the start of the pandemic. And the number What does that mean? It, well, it means that employers aren't hiring as many people. Now, it's still a relatively high number historically. We have 11 point, We had 11.2 million job openings. There was actually like more than 11.5 million in the summer. We're now at 10 million. Okay. Not, it's still a lot, but you see what the trend is going? It's pointing lower. It means that hiring managers big companies, small companies are starting to rethink their idea about how many people they need on staff because they are fearful that the economy is slowing down and nobody wants to hire someone and then lay them off three three months from now. Right. Uh, we're talking with Jill Schlesinger, of course, CBS News and Jill on Money, which airs here on the weekends on WTSC News Talk 1080. That, that gets me to this. There's a big back and forth going on in Connecticut as you know, Republicans are trying to talk about inflation in the economy and a recession, and the Democrats are trying to push back. And they, one of the things they push back on is the labor market. So if you have two consecutive quarters of negative growth, which we've had, but 3.5% unemployment, the, the, the present tense is, is, are we in a recession? Because then I have a follow-up after that once you give that answer. First, first of all, in the United States, we do not actually say two negative quarters of growth defines a recession. That's not how we do it here. We've got a big um, body that comes out and says, here's when a recession begins and ends. It's called the National Bureau of Economic Research, and they haven't done that yet. Um, it's hard to suggest that an economy is in a recession if it's creating 263,000 jobs in a month. So... I don't think that we are in a recession. It doesn't mean that things aren't slowing down. They are. And it doesn't mean we won't have a recession. We right. will. I think the bigger question right now when it comes to where we are in the economy is, will the Federal Reserve 
be able to slow the economy down enough to really push prices lower without pushing us into a recession. And that's what you see in the investment community, the bouncing back and forth between, okay, everything's going to be okay with, oh my God, it's going to be terrible. We're going into a recession. Well, it's which brings me to my sort of my next question, which I've, I've some ex, so quote unquote experts or economists are predicting the, a recession for next year and that it might be pr- pretty severe, some say. And, but, the current conditions we're in are one thing, and if the job market does significantly slow, and then there's a rise in unemployment, it, that could trigger something pretty harsh, correct? Well, recessions are not fun, and I don't think that anybody, I mean, I read a lot of economist notes. I, I think it's really folly to try to guess how deep a recession will be without understanding the other factors, and there's usually these other factors that are floating around in the universe that we have no idea how they're going to impact the economy. Those are called exogenous events. Right. So an exogenous, an example of that would be, hey, Russia invades Ukraine. That's an exogenous event which pushed the price of food and energy so much higher than it would have been without that war. So I think the idea here is that if you think a recession is coming, and I think that no matter what, you think it's going to come at some point, it may be in two months or five months or eight months or in a year, what can I as an individual do to prepare for that? And I think there's a couple of things to consider. One is that, you know what, I can't control whether or not I'm going to uh, be in the middle of a recession. So I want to beef up my emergency reserve fund. I want to pay off my credit card debt while I can. And I may want to be a little bit less cavalier about having power when it comes to my job. Because one thing I think a lot of people may be mis, um, misunderstanding is that when the economy turns, it's no longer going to be a big, it's not going to be something that you can go to your boss and say, like, I want to work from home three days a week, or I don't want to work more than X hours. Like when there's a recession, everyone's clamoring for a job. Yeah. And so the job you have right now may be the job that can see you through the next downturn. It's amazing how quickly things can turn. Like the employee was so powerful a year ago, right? And now it's, it's turning. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, uh, the employees were so powerful three months ago, yeah. and and that's what's fascinating to me. You know, there's this trend among, I would say, younger people. Uh, you may be part of this group. I'm not no, sure. No, the quiet quitters. I mean, to me, like quiet quitters just mean people who've been mailing it into their job. I mean, that's been happening since the dawn of time. So, yeah, well, except that you know, the quiet quitting is interesting because it's a little bit all um, has something to do about what happened during the pandemic, where if you had a job and you were so psyched you had it, and you were if you were lucky enough to be able to go f- work from home that you were getting blurred in terms of like the amount of work people were doing was insane. You know, you know this because there were people who were just working, you know, 16 hours a day because they were home. And and so I think this is a reaction to what happened. And, you know, quiet quitting doesn't exactly mean mail it in. It just means it's like basically saying, how do I have work-life balance, an old-fashioned term that I grew up with. And um, a lot of times when I grew up in on Wall Street, people said, you know, you can have work-life balance. It's just like you're going to work and then you'll have some life. <laughs> and, and that was it. You'll get some money and then hopefully you'll have enough life left to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, just, but, you know, listen, they, I think employers, especially these large employers who are like demanding a lot from employees, I think they're kind of missing the boat. You know, when you give people more flexibility, they actually perform perform well and better. So if you want enhanced productivity, I don't think the way to get enhanced productivity is to wag your finger in someone's face and say, you better get in here right now. You know, you say, well, let, what's working for you in your schedule? Yeah. How are we going to get this? You know, I just think there's a lot we can learn from the pandemic. It would be a shame if we went through that entire period and not come out of it with a way to figure out what's the hybrid model that works for this company in this industry. Well, we got to go, but there's a lot of um, 
aspects of our lives where that's true, like telehealth makes so much sense, but now emergency things are coming down and they're peeling that stuff back, but it makes so much sense to have a hybrid medical situation absolutely. too, but it's not as profitable. So now they're pulling it back. It drives me absolutely berserk. Uh, Jill, thank you. Take care. Jill Schlesinger, CBS News. And of course, you can listen to Jill on Money here on Saturdays on WTIC News Talk 1080. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.